Welcome back to the Moms Do Business Different podcast. I'm your host, Kay Hillman, believer, wife, mama, and creator of the Shmoney Mama Gang. Myself and my team support mamas who are service providers and coaches in creating strategies that make buyers say, take my shmoney, and create companies that bring in high cash months doing the bare minimum. Join me for conversations on money, business growth, sales, productivity, and the mindset of being a mom who does business different. Mama, are you ready for the vibe? Listen up and let's get this money. Hey, boo. Hey, happy Thursday or whatever day you're listening to this on. Okay, it's time for an impact or a year in review, um, impact report or a year in review. So I actually really love reading these things and like listening to other people's impact reports or year in reviews. And I really geek out over this stuff because it's so nice to see like what's happening in people's businesses, but also to really like see how they perceive things or just get like a glimpse into what may be working and not working for other people. So I want you to listen to this episode and really think about it in terms of like, what can you apply to your business or what, you know, do you think worked for you or didn't work for you? Like, I really want you to kind of look at what has been working and not working for me and maybe use that to inform some of your decisions. Of course, like everybody's business is different, of course, but There may be some things that I say or that I've experienced that you can relate to or that you may want to tweak in the upcoming year. So the first thing I want to start with, which is one of my favorite things to talk about, is how many hours I worked. So according to Toggle, which Toggle is how I track my time, I worked a total of 521 hours and 50 minutes um, and 42 seconds to be exact. in 2023 and the year is not over yet i'm still i still have about four or five more working days so i expect this to get to about 5 um but last year i only worked 368 hours so there's like a almost 200 hour difference and i'm gonna be honest i felt that like i really felt that i worked more this year than i did last year and i wonder if i can look and see i don't think i was really tracking my time prior to that uh, yeah and well actually in 2021 it says that i worked 664 hours um and so and that now that i think about it that does kind of make quite a bit of sense there was one month that i just really was working super hard because i was launching things that year in the summer um last year was definitely a pullback year in terms of just my time and my capacity and juggling life with two <laughs> two under two that was definitely a lot of fun and so this year i feel like i was I don't know. I feel like I hit my stride with how I work and I was able to find more concentrated pockets of time. Like I figured out what my schedule was. And so on average, now that I'm looking at my chart, I worked about 43 hours and 45 minutes a month, which averages out to about 11 hours a week. Now, I'll be honest, there were definitely some weeks that I worked way more than 11 hours a week. Like this is just me doing averages because when I'm looking at my charts, I'm like, yeah, some weeks were just like really rough and I was working super hard. And there were other weeks that literally I would clock like two hours, three hours if I was lucky. So I will say that this year in terms of just how much I worked, I do feel like I overworked this year. And I know that might sound kind of crazy because it's like, yeah, right. Like you only worked 43 hours a month. And, you know, people with a nine to five work that in one week. But I feel like I overworked for the amount, one, the amount of revenue that we made. But then two, for actually like the lifestyle that I want, I worked a lot more than I really wanted to. Now, I definitely found like, I'm not going to say balance, but I found my stride. And if it was just a hard week, I didn't work at all. But 
just in reflecting about it, I'm just like, man, I I still feel like I overworked. And it's something that I'm changing in 2024, where I have already mapped out my schedule and been really intentional about the time that I'm taking off. One thing that happened to me this year is that even though I like coach on this and I support my clients in doing this, I actually did not build in any off time this year. And I didn't think about it. Like I didn't realize it until somewhere around June when I went on my anniversary, um, when, well, for my anniversary, we went, we went to Vegas. And that's when I realized like, wow, I haven't had a vacation. Like I haven't taken any time off from my business all year. And that was in June, right? So we were six months into the year and I hadn't taken a single break. And that's when I realized like, I was not, I don't, I don't feel burnt out. Like I didn't, I don't think I burnt out this year, but I definitely was like feeling like I was kind of thinking about my business all the time, which of course, as business owners, we're going to do that. But I feel like I was doing it more than I really wanted to. And so, um, after June, after that Vegas trip, I like, that's when I'm looking at my, I'm my, I'm looking at my time cards and I can see like where, you know, one week I would work 30 hours and the next week I would work two. And it was just like, you know, I really found like I'm not going to say balance, but I just found like a little bit more of a rhythm and making sure that I took some time off, but I didn't intentionally take that time off. Like every, all the time off that I took this year was purely accidental. I think I took off like one week or something somewhere around like Thanksgiving. And then like, there were just random times that I would take off. I think I took off like the month of July from the podcast. Like there was just so many random times that I took off this year. And I don't like that. Like, I don't like that because you know with with so much out of our control as moms i just feel like if we can at least like have a little like a few parameters around our time that can make us feel a lot better and so one thing that i've already done and i'm just working out like the logistics of it is i have decided okay i these are my set off times for 2024 and i'm going to be very intentional and very um proactive about making sure i take that time off um but i actually overall i still do like the fact that i worked the 500 and some odd hours this year. So I feel like my time was well spent. It's just, there were just areas that, that I, I could see that there were periods of time that I was really pushing myself hard to just do all these things that were unnecessary. You know how I believe in a bare minimum business, bare minimum strategies. And I feel like this year there were seasons where I got away from that, which it's okay for that to happen. Like it's not a bad thing, but looking back, you know, that's something I'm definitely like kind of reflecting on and putting things in place for next year so that I don't have that feeling around my time. But overall, I feel like, I feel like we did really good with the amount of time that we worked. So clients served. Um, the number, well, let me just first talk about the type of clients that I serve this year, because I talk a lot about working with coaches and service providers, but it was really interesting that this year, and this is the first year this has ever happened to me this year, I mostly worked with coaches. Like I did not have a ton of service providers like I usually do. And I usually have a large, like I, I will say maybe 50, 50, like 50% of my clients are coaches. And then the other 50% are service providers. But this year it really shifted a lot where I was serving more coaches um, and then the service providers that I did have, it was a handful of them. They were usually in like social media, marketing, ads, you know, things like that. So they were in those types of industries. And then I had a lot of people that if they were a service provider at first when they came to me, they came because they wanted to pivot from services to coaching, which I feel like a lot of the people that came to me for that know my story of, you know, I have a service-based business. I did have the agency and then I pivoted over to coaching. So um, I feel like a lot of the people had that general context about me, but it was just so interesting to see that this was the first year that 
the service provider girlies were not like hitting me up. And the ones that were, they really wanted to get out of providing services. And it's so interesting because I really find services super profitable. Um, I love the services that I currently offer. And so it's just so interesting to me how I've seen like a, a very um, almost dramatic wave of people leaving the service-based industry. Even recently in the last couple of weeks, I've seen a lot of people literally get on social media and close their service-based business down. And so, you know, I'm not sure what's going on with that. I, it could be like the economy or I'm, I'm not sure I don't get into all the details of all that, but I just thought it was a really interesting thing to kind of see. Something else that I noticed about a lot of my clients this year also is that um, a lot of my clients are Christian-based coaches. Like I, I was working with a lot of Christian-based like life coaches and things like that. Fitness, um, not fitness coaches, but um, life coaches and mindset coaches and things like that. So that was really cool, and and I'm glad that that's I'm resonating with that type of person because that's who I truly want to serve. And then the other, um, I guess, side of things was, and of course, everybody is still Christian or mostly Christian. Um, I, I have a couple clients that don't identify as Christian and that's totally fine. I'm still going to pray for you and talk about Jesus anyway. It's all good. But um, the other side of it was that I was also working with a lot of like business coaches, marketing strategists, money coaches, things like that. So those were like kind of the, I guess, niches, if you say. Um, I haven't done the final number and I'm still like kind of looking through this and like counting things, but I do know for like one thing, I did scale back the number of clients I took on this year. Um, I know last year I took on, uh, last year I took on way too many clients. I'll be honest. I, I did take on quite a bit of clients. Um, and I, I, I was, I wasn't running multiple programs last year, but I was definitely running multiple versions of the same program. And so because of that, I had like a really heavy client load, but this year I kind of scaled back. And because a lot of my, my offers shifted more to like a one-on-one -on -one coaching experience or a one-on-one -on -one experience, um, I think that we served anywhere from about 45 to 65 clients. Um, so that is actually a lot for me, even even at that. that that's actually a lot for me. Um, I believe that once we do like the final number, um, and there are like a couple of things that I'm still like trying to count and figure out, but I think I'm somewhere around like 52-ish probably clients for this year, which is, like I said, like this is still a lot. Um, and it's definitely more than I had planned to take on. Like at the beginning of the year or, you know, and when I do my yearly planning, I always map out like, what is my capacity? You know, I talk about capacity all the time. And so I map out my capacity and I will be honest, I lowball my capacity all the time. Like I lowball, I, I will literally say, oh yeah, I only have the capacity for five people. Knowing good and dang on well, I'm gonna take more than five people. <laughs> but I like to lowball my capacity because it's just like, mm, just in case I wake up and decide I don't want to do this, you know, I have a little bit of like wiggle room. Um, but this year, I feel like I might've lowballed too much because then it made it to where I didn't recognize when I actually had reached capacity until it was like almost too late. So um, I definitely took on a lot more clients than I had planned to, but it was okay. Everything still worked itself out and it wasn't a big deal. Um, and then also the other, I guess, side of this is that this year I also launched the membership. And for those of you that have been following me for a long time, you know that I started out with a membership model. And so it's been really fun to bring that back into the business because it's something that for the last, I want to say three years, I have not had the membership. So the membership wasn't, you know, an option, but I'm really glad that I brought it back, but that also made it to where I brought in new clients. And I did something this year with the membership where basically if you would join and you would like do feedback and all this different kind of stuff, I 
gave you a option to have like a bit of a one-on-one experience with me. So that right there, even though they weren't paying like the one-on-one um, price, they were still getting one-on-one access in a very limited capacity. So it wasn't like it was ongoing. It was very limited, um, but that also added to my client load. So I definitely served a lot of mamas this year, which was really fun though. I really enjoyed serving this many clients and I really enjoyed serving the industries and the niches that I served. There were some really cool people that I got to work with. Um, and so I'm really grateful for that. Like I really love, um, every single one of my clients and whether you're a membership, you know, shmoney mama, or you are a mom doing business different inside of the accelerator mastermind, whatever I'm calling that thing. Um, I have loved working with every single client. It's just been really, really great. Um, something else is that there were no defaults this year. We had, I think, I think I had like two clients that had to cancel their contracts, which like, I don't be tripping about stuff like that because life be lifing and it's totally fine. So I think I had like two people cancel contracts, but there were no defaults this year, which is amazing. Um, I think last year we had about five or six defaults, um, defaulted payments, but this year there was none and it was just great. Like I I really love that because, you know, I try to have that same kind of integrity when I'm investing in coaching and stuff like that. And so it's just nice to know that that energy is coming back to me and that God is providing not only for me, but for my clients, right? Like that they have the means and you know, the stability or whatever to be able to afford to invest in my offers. And I don't take that for granted. So that is, I feel like that's a huge win and just a huge testament of like the type of people that are coming into my programs. And it's not to say if you have like a lot of people not paying, um, that they aren't a good person or a good quality client. It's not saying that. It's just, you know, sometimes we have to think about like, are you setting up your coaching or your offers in a way that allows your client to really thrive and be successful? Um, but also that you're not like, you know, I, I, I can have so many conversations about pricing, but sometimes I feel like it's like a race to see how much or how high you can price your offers without really thinking about the people that are actually investing and making that investment, you know, and are you stewarding them well, but also are you putting them in a bad position? You know, this year was the first year, well, not the first year, but this year, I was really intentional about having conversations with people before they join my offers and making sure that I wasn't just letting somebody join because, you know, I know they need it, but like, I needed to know that, yes, you might need this offer or you might desire to be in this offer, but also that you can actually afford the offer. Um, I know the last time that I launched the mastermind, the ma- like one of the biggest mistakes that I made is that I was allowing people to join the mastermind that they were already on a rocky foundation when it came to their finances. And because of that, it made it to where, you know, they got to a point where they had to default. And I had to look at my own self and be like, you know what, the like the signs were there. Maybe I should have guided them to a different offer. And it's, you know, I'm someone that I really, I'm really like, I'm, I've always been the type of person that I'll say, you know, this might not be the best offer for you. But I wasn't asking the question about finances until it was like too late, like until they were in the program. And then by the time they were in there and I realized like, oh my gosh, like this this is a mess, right? Um, by then it's too late, right? They're already in and they're already feeling all these feelings. But I have a whole thing I want to talk about, about the feelings around people investing, but they're having all these feelings, you know? And so it's like, it's only a matter of time before they default. And so I feel like it's so important that we kind of pay attention. It's not to be nosy. It's not to be, you know, um, to be exclusive, but it's to be, you know, more honest and just create more integrity around who you're allowing into your offers when you just 
make sure that their finances are in a place that they can actually afford it. And so I know people ask that cliche question of like, oh, are you willing to invest, you know, this amount of dollars? But it's like, that is not necessarily the right question to ask, right? Because people are going to say yes all day long until the, the it's time to pay, right? And it's not that they're a bad person. It's just that like, if people aren't paying attention to their finances, or if people are looking at your offer as the thing that's going to like save them, then of course they're going to say that they're willing to invest. And then when the time comes, they're not able to. Like This is a whole side tangent, but I feel like this is something that I definitely learned this year. And just like having those really transparent conversations about finances and being like, you know what? I actually don't want to put you in a financial bind because of this offer. Um, I there were several clients this year that I worked with that we just made up an entirely new offer for them just so that I can serve and support them in a way that they could actually financially manage. And I felt really good about that. And I feel like more people should explore that option. It's something that I had a lot of my clients do this year where it's like, hey, if someone comes to you and they want to be in one of your programs, but they can't afford it in this capacity, how can you customize an approach that works for them and works for you, right? Like it's not going to add any extra work or stress to you. So I feel like that's something that like really worked for me this year and that um, I feel like it really made it to where I just serve perfect clients like my clients were really perfect this year and I didn't have to experience you know the highs and lows of people defaulting or people having to be like oh could we you know move this payment blah blah not that I mind like I don't ever mind those things but it's like it's it's nice to not have to experience that because I'm being a lot more proactive on the front end of you know establishing like hey if you just talk to me we can work through it kind of situation so that was cool this year um, my top income generator. So that's my next thing that I want to talk about. The next um, point. So as as you know, or as you may know, um, I have two different businesses. So when I'm talking about this impact report, it's kind of hard because I kind of go back and forth between different things. But um, I'm going to talk about my income as a whole. So not just the coaching side, not just the moms do business different, but like in its entirety, um, 68% of my revenue came from moms do business different. So that is, that's okay, right? Like, that's okay. I would actually prefer to have a 50-50 split. Like, I would love for 50% of my overall business revenue to come from Moms Do Business Different and the other 50% to come from um, KHP, which is K-Hillman Photography. But um, actually, next year, I am thinking about decreasing my time even more inside of KHP to give Moms Do Business Different more time because I noticed that a lot of my revenue this year came from this business and what we're creating here. And I have, I've talked about how I wanted Moms Do, Moms Do Business Different to be like a media company. Um, I've talked about so many different things with what I want Moms Do Business Different to look like. And there are some things that I'm doing with my personal brand next year that it's making me lean more towards, okay, let's really blow this thing up. Like, let's really think about making a bigger impact and serving more people, but also making this something that really does run like a machine and that's, you know, able to um, create the stability that I would like to have for my life. And so I've talked about how like this business truly is a lifestyle or, or sorry, a boutique lifestyle business. So, you know, a business that is really designed with my life first, like with my life as a priority. And, you know, basically I created this business to support the lifestyle. Um, and then Kay Hillman Photography, I was having a conversation with my husband and, you know, he, he was like, you know, you do this business because you love photography, not because 
because you actually want to make money. And I was like, you know, I will, I, I've, I've talked about this before about how that kind of like hit me like, really doll, you gonna just call me out like that. But he's but it, now that I'm looking at like how the finances came in and the revenue came in this year, he's absolutely correct. Like I don't do photography because I need it to make money for me. I do photography purely because I love it. Um, and so because of that, I don't necessarily price it the way that it should honestly be priced, right? I still price it based off my cost of doing business, but like I could, I could charge way more than I actually charge. Um, if I wanted to, I just don't. And so uh, I'm thinking next year, I would love to continue on this trajectory of Moms Do Business Different is the number one revenue generator. And then KHP can be, you know, the secondary, right? It can be where the rest of my money comes from. Um, and that's cool with me. I am still thinking about like what what direction I want KHP to go in, like, you know, how I want this to grow or whatever. Um, I've been thinking about having like an associate team so that I don't have to be in the, like, I don't have to do the photography, but it's like, that's the part that I actually really like. So I've also been been thinking of ways that I can incorporate my photography services inside of Moms Do Business Different. And that would kind of be the best of both worlds. I do have some clients and I even had clients this year who um, I worked with them as their coach first. And then we also did a photo shoot as well. Like, so that was like something else that we did um, as part of their package or whatever. Um, and then next year, I already have a couple of people that I worked with this year that are also booking me for photo shoots for next year. So, um, you know, I'm thinking that at some point, <laughs> KHP is going to kind of be absolved, um, not absolved. It's going to be like added into Moms Do Business Different. But for right now, it's two separate entities. And so 68% of the revenue came from Moms Do Business Different. In that 80% came from the program, the lifetime program. Um, and even though I pivoted the program to being like a one-on-one accelerator, and now I'm thinking of pivoting it more into like a mastermind style, still 80% of the revenue came from that program because that's all I had this year. So this year, I really only focused on selling Moms Do Business Different until I think like September when I finally decided to relaunch um, Shmoney. So with the relaunch of Shmoney, that made it to where about 20% of the income came from there. And that's only because we've only been live for about two, no, we've been live for about three months. So with that, not a ton of revenue came from Shmoney, but it has been significant. So I really have enjoyed that. And I'm excited about really growing the membership next year. So next year, the focus, one of the biggest focuses will be the membership and really like just clearly articulating and identifying what the membership is and what it does. And that is something that I'm finding time and time again. It's like the number one thing that I'm helping people with in our coaching containers. It's like, okay, let's clean up what this offer actually is. And I feel like that only happens when you give the offer time to actually sell, right? And when you give yourself time to actually um, get people results, right? So when I started Shmoney, I had a whole different idea for it when I started it. But now that we're a couple of months in, I've already fine-tuned and tweaked what the program promises and what I'm expecting of people, um, or sorry, what, what kind of result people can expect after they are inside the program or inside the membership for a few months or whatever. So there's so much happening over there that I'm really excited about. Um, but yeah, that, those were the top income, um, generators or revenue generators. And I guess for, if you care, K Hillman photography, um, the revenue was split 50, well, sorry, 
the revenue was split where 50% of the revenue came from the content batch. The content batch is just like a one day event that I host where a group of entrepreneurs can come and um, entrepreneurs, content creators, whatever, it doesn't matter, uh, but you can come and you can just get a bunch of content for the day. That is a really fun experience. I hosted, I believe I hosted five of them this year. I know total I've hosted seven, which is just crazy for me to even think of, but I was at seven of these events and 50% um, of our revenue came from that. 25% came from random brand sessions that I did throughout the year. And then the other 25% came from portraits and weddings. So that was cool. So the next thing I want to talk about is the things that worked this year. So <laughs> the number one thing that worked for me this year is staying in my lane. I like this year, I really minded my business. And this is the first year that I've ever done that. Because prior to this year, when I tell you your girl was in everybody's business, I was in everybody's business trying to reverse engineer what they were doing, hiring every coach that would pass me by, you know, just to find out what they were doing, how they were doing it, and trying to reverse engineer it into my business. And this year, I was just like, you know what, Kay? Mind your business. I literally worked with two, well, I worked with more than two coaches, but like I was only like intimately working with two coaches this year. And then of course, like I, I, bought, I bought a few um, courses and memberships and stuff like that. So I did make investments this year, but like in terms of who was in my ear, I really like kept it tight. Okay. I kept it really, really tight. Actually, I'm sorry. I worked intimately with three different coaches this year. Um, and I know that you might be like, girl, that's a lot of coaches, but it really isn't because these are people that like have been long-term in my business. One, what one is, um, literally, um, a mentor to me. Like she, I don't pay her anymore. Um, and then the other two, I make a financial investment in them. So, um, and then of course, like all the courses that I, I invested in, but this year I really just focused on minding my business and not getting caught up in what everybody else was doing. And that did mean that, um, I kind of fell off a bit with, engaging on social media or just being on social media and that's only because whenever I get on social media and this is not a bad thing but whenever I get on social media I would find myself basically sh like coach shopping again like I have this tendency to coach shop because I believe in this industry I believe in this work and so because of that I'm always looking for someone that can support me someone that can help me someone that I can like um someone that can be a mirror for me, I'm always looking for that. And so for me, the number one way I do that is via social media. Like I can read emails until the cows come home, but as soon as I get on social media, I start shopping. So, um, so because of that, I kind of like, I didn't take a step back from social because you know, I love me some Instagram and I love like TikTok and all that. Like I love all those platforms. So I didn't take like a huge break, but like, I definitely like would take um, very intentional time off or just, you know, really like monitor how much time I was spending on the platforms because my default is to start shopping. Like I'm ready to shop and find the next person that can like, you know, help me with this thing or whatever. Like, and a lot of times it's not that I needed help. It's just that I needed to really stay in my lane and just focus on what I felt like I was called to do in this season. And so that's also why this year, something else that worked that kind of seemed like a little counterintuitive, but something else that really worked is me changing my mind a lot. And I know it's like, how does that work? But it really worked that I changed my mind a lot because I, I feel like, and this is just based on feedback from clients, but I feel like it gave other people permission to change their mind in their business, right? Because, you know, I, I it, maybe you haven't paid attention, but moms do business different. Like, first off, we rebranded randomly. That was another thing. The rebrand of moms do business different was not 
planned. When I tell you it was not planned, I literally woke up one day and I was like, it's time to change. And I changed it. And I like, that's how I work. I'll think on something for a while. Like I've been thinking on changing, like rebranding for like the past maybe two or three years, but like I'd already rebranded the first time from she's a creative to um, becoming CEO. So I really wasn't excited about having to do another rebrand. Um, and when I say rebrand, I mean like just renaming things and stuff like that. I wasn't really excited about doing all that, but I literally woke up one day and I was like, no, okay, it's time. Like it makes sense. Let's just make this move. Especially because a lot of my clients, um, I know one of them was Andrea Singletary. Another one was Taryn Derez. Like there were several people that I was like just talking to and they were confirming the idea. And I was like, okay, we're going to make this, this shift. And I feel like this year was a year filled with me. Just like I would start out with one thing and then just change my mind and I would just do something else. And I feel like that freed so many people from feeling like you have to keep things the same or you have to keep doing something a certain way or even like your price, like your price can change whenever you want it to. Like I feel like it freed so many of my clients in particular and I love that for me. Like I really love that for me and I feel like that was something that worked because it's like I changed based off of the needs of my community. I changed based off of the needs of my own personal life because remember, Mom's New Business Different is a boutique lifestyle business and what that means is basically it's a small business that is centered around the lifestyle of the creator, right? The lifestyle of the CEO. And so because of that, there were things that had to change at different times, depending on what I was going on, going on personally. So, um, like, like my mom, had got sick this year. There were just so many like random little things that popped up and I was just like, nah, I kind of gotta, I need to pull back or I need to change this, um, to just better serve and suit my lifestyle and also allow me to really serve my clients the way they need to be served. So that was really like, even though it sounds counterintuitive to like keep changing things and as much as I like I'm against changing like don't change your strategy too much and all kind of stuff I will say that that like in some contexts context sorry it does actually work so that was something that worked this year and then um, I feel like the last thing that really worked well for me this year was choosing to go low ticket um, so for the last I want to say three or four years um is it yeah it's been a while like I've I've been like queen of high ticket sales like literally so many people are like you are the queen of high ticket sales like queen of high ticket and I love high ticket I'm not gonna lie I love high ticket sales and I feel like there are so many levels to it you know I don't think that there's like one number where it's like if it's not higher than this then it's not high ticket because for some people $500 is high ticket right for other people $5,000 is the threshold right so you know I really have sold at every price point. I've sold a $9 ebook. I've sold, no, I've sold, yeah, I think $9 is the lowest I've ever sold. And then I've, I've sold like 19,000. Actually, no, I've sold a $30,000, um, like experience and stuff. So I've, I've sold all the different range of pricing. And what I will say is that something that really worked this year was me making the, the active decision to just go back to having low ticket. And so this year I actually had a few like secret low ticket offers. And then after that, I launched the membership. And I feel like this was like the best thing that I could have done because one, I have always loved memberships. The only reason why becoming CEO shifted from being a um, membership, because becoming CEO initially was a membership. Um, so the only reason why I shifted from a membership to a program is literally because I had a coach that told me that you can't grow a membership. Like I would never be able to grow a membership. And in hindsight, I don't know why I believed what she said because I literally was doing it. Like I was, I was literally growing the membership, but you know, hindsight is 2020. And so it's fine. Like I'm, I'm not mad about it, but it's just like, you know, it, it just goes to show that like sometimes you just have to like 
really have some discernment. And at that time, I didn't have the discernment. I was postpartum, so there was just a lot going on. But I'm so glad that I chose to like really bring back the membership and just to go low ticket because it allowed, it opened up the doors for me to serve a lot more women or a lot more moms specifically that I really, really wanted to. And in hindsight, like I needed to serve these women. Like I did, like these were the women that I've been called to serve and I'm so grateful for that. So I feel like that's something that really worked because it's just, it's given me so much freedom in my time. It's given me so much freedom to just have more fun in my offers. Like I'm having fun making up our different workshops each month and I'm having fun creating our content plans and stuff because those are important. Like those are like sometimes that's the hardest part, right? Is knowing what to post, knowing what to create, knowing, you know, figuring out how to market, knowing how to sell. Like that's the hardest part sometimes. And having the conversations in there inside the community and doing those workshops, it's just been so much fun. Not that the program is not fun, because Moms Do Business Different is definitely a lot of fun. And next year there's gonna be a lot of changes to it again. <laughs> but it's definitely been a lot of fun, but I'm just finding a whole new um, world for myself with Shmoney Mama that I just wasn't expecting. So I feel like that is something that worked really, really well this year. So things that did not work. There were two main things that did not work. Thing number one, and this is probably the biggest thing that didn't work for me this year, is launching. Launching did not work for me this year. I did not have a successful launch at all this year. Like nothing that I launched <laughs> was successful. I mean, like and that says a lot. Like, I think I launched like four times, but here's the thing. I also feel like, and this is like the caveat, it's not that launching didn't work. It's that launching back to back didn't work. And so what happened is that prior to June, I launched every other month. So I think I launched June, I launched January, March, and then May. Yes. I believe those were the three launches. And so that's launching back to back because in between launch like in between open carts you're basically pre-launching for the next launch so essentially i went for like five months straight launching and first off that is exhausting right and what was happening to me is that i was getting to the launch slump which i talk about this inside of moms do business different but basically it's a period of time where you are tired like you you just you're drained from launching so much um and also it's when a lot of people drop off so a lot of people stop paying attention because you've been launching so much and like they're kind of fatigued too and so i would hit that launch slump and then stop launching and so it, I don't even think it, it, it's not even the fact that launching doesn't work because launching 100% works. Like I've had some, some super, super profitable launches, but the way that I launched this year was just something that did not work. And also, and this is just me being 100% transparent. I had no business launching this year. Like I had no, like I had already talked about the fact that I wasn't going to relaunch the mastermind this year, which I didn't, I didn't relaunch the mastermind, but I replaced that with trying to launch the program moms do business different and so by doing that i was basically not honoring my time and my capacity because the truth is that i did not have the time this year like i or it's not even that i didn't have the time i didn't want to use my time launching this year like that's just not where i wanted to spend my time and so when i was launching like when i was doing launch like things or whatever I was basically just exhausting myself. And that was something that didn't work because in the end, my energy was completely off. And when it was time to sell, it didn't sell the way that I thought. And so launching this year definitely did not work. And it doesn't mean that I'm not going to launch next year because I definitely have the um, the goal to launch next year. I'm feeling like now that I 
<laughs> experience that I'm, I'm definitely feeling like out of that little season. And so next year I've already that like, kind of remap things and really just reimagine how things are going to look. And so next year, the goal is to only launch twice. Um, and they're going to be very intentional launches. So that's something that did not work this year. And it's something that I'm like, girl, you knew, like in hindsight, I knew better, but here's what happened. Like here, I think the other thing that happened is that when the first launch flopped, I was almost trying to redeem myself and like, okay, this launch didn't go the way I thought. Let me try it again. And then that one didn't do well. And I was like, okay, well, let me try it one more time. Like, you know, and I was actually going to launch again. And so I was going to launch again in July. And then I don't even know what happened in July because July, it's like a month that I literally just kind of fell off of everything. Because even though I'm looking at the time, like I really didn't do much in July. And I think it's because I was like coming off my anniversary and all that kind of stuff. So I really wasn't just in the mood. But long story short, child, it did not happen. And so after that, I was like, okay, what's going on? I did end up launching Shmoney, but I didn't do a normal rollout like I do for most launches. Shmoney, I literally made my sales page on like a Sunday and on Monday, I sent an email out. Like it was literally just that simple. And Shmoney, I just talk about it. Like I don't... I don't overly launch it or anything. I just literally talk about it because I love the membership. I, I love the offer and I love selling. And I, and I want to just like say this to say like one thing that I'm, I love to do when I, I support a lot of moms with, especially last year, like I did this so much last year. I didn't get to do it for as many people this year, but last year, and I, I really enjoyed it. It was marketing beyond launch. And so like I was really sitting down with a lot of moms last year and just helping you create plans to market and sell your offers without having to launch, right? I love me a good five-figure launch, right? Like five-figure launches is my jam, okay? I love that, but I also love the idea of you being able to sustain that outside of having to launch, right? So how do you sustain five-figure months without having to launch any other month? And that's what I was running into this year, to be fully transparent. I was running into the fact that like, okay, this wasn't a five-figure launch. And so in my mind, and this is so like first world problem or whatever you want to call it, but like in my mind, I'm like, okay, this wasn't a five-figure launch. So it flopped, right? Or, you know, I had this set number of people and like, I know the, the second launch, I had a set number of people and I literally got like four less, four people less. And I was like, okay, this flopped, let me do it again, right? So I was literally like just putting all these, you know, self-imposed like goals and stuff like that in my head and not really giving myself credit for what was actually happening. And then I was thinking, and then I made myself feel like, okay, I have to launch again in order to make up for this. But it's like, I didn't need to launch. Like I could have just marketed beyond launch. I could have just marketed and sold my offers like I normally do. Like I didn't have to do it tied to a launch because launches really are, um, energetically taxing, right? Like there's a lot that goes into them. You spend a lot of time on them. You know, my launch windows for myself and most of my clients are anywhere from like eight weeks to like 10 to 12 weeks. So they're, you know, anywhere from two to three months where you're just like in launch mode, whether you're in the pre-launch phase, getting things together, you know, doing your visibility, legion, all that kind of, like there's just so many different moving factors and, you know, doing it back to back just it didn't work. It wasn't the vibe. The other thing that did not work for me this year is my content strategy. <laughs> now, my content strategy, I will say this. It's not that the content strategy itself didn't work. It's the execution that didn't work. So this year, um, I had it in my brain that I was going to like create all this content. And I don't even know why I did that because 
first off, capacity, right? Capacity, capacity, capacity. I feel like everything for this year went right back to capacity where I really overran my own boundaries, right? And that's a lesson learned, right? That's a lesson learned in like, okay, you can't bulldoze over your own boundaries, right? Because if you do that, it makes everything else so much harder, right? It makes keeping up with things so much harder. But anyway, I had this big goal that I was going to like post every single day and just do all this stuff, kind of stuff. And so because of that, I reached this point where I was like almost like a factory for content where I was like, okay, every day I'm thinking about what can I post? What can I say? What can I do? Whatever, whatever. And um, I will say this. It wasn't that I was trying to post every single day. It's just that I wanted to like have a piece of content go out every day. So it could have been an email. It could have been a social media post. It could have been a podcast, right? It could have been anything, but I wanted a piece of content to go out every single day. And so that led to seasons where, and if you're on my email list, you know this, I was sending emails out like almost every single day, which I still stand by that. It was such a great idea because it definitely converted like super good. Like sending emails converted so freaking well, it was ridiculous. Um, so I don't like regret that or anything. That's a, that's a win. That's something that did work this year. Uh, but the overall like content strategy, like how much content I was putting out and just the pressure I was putting on myself to create the content was something that did not work because it led to me going through seasons where I would just wake up and be like, you know what, I'm not going to post anything. And then it would be a whole week of me not talking to anybody or a whole two weeks. Like I think right now I'm going on like almost two weeks without posting anything besides podcast episodes, which is fine because remember bare minimum business strategy. So this is part of that. But also it's like, you know, it, it really does kind of throw a wrench in things. The other thing is that earlier this year, um, I really wasn't being super intentional about the type of content and what I was actually saying in my content. So my content wasn't, wasn't necessarily rooted into anything except for, oh, I have this random thought, let me post it. And it was because I was focused more on quantity than the actual strategy behind it. So, you know, I do think that there's power in quantity, right? I'm, 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 I'm a huge advocate of quantity, like put out a ton of content. Um, and I'm not going to say like it's, it's quality over quantity. Cause I don't, I don't believe that either. I just believe that like, it needs to be strategic, right? So if you're going to do quantity, it has to be strategic quantity. And for me, it, that's not what happened. So while the quality of all my content this year was top tier, boo. Okay. It was all good. The quality was there. Um, the quantity just really led me to sacrifice the actual strategy, right? So the strategy was missing. I wasn't super intentional. Like even though all my all my content like tied back into an offer or whatever like that, I just wasn't super intentional about making sure that I followed my customer journey and all those kind of things, which is which I also feel like is one of the reasons why um, the second and third launches kind of flopped for me. So. Those were the two things that didn't work. So the last couple of things that I want to say or talk about is like the big lessons that I learned this year. So the biggest lesson that I feel like I took away this year, and it's something that I already knew, um, but you get comfortable, right? Visibility is the key to generating leads, right? I don't care what anybody says. Visibility is the foundation. If you don't have visibility, if you are not visible, you are not going to generate the leads you need in order to actually sell your offers, right? And so I 
I knew this, right? I coach this, I teach this, but two things. One, you're always your worst client. Like you're always your worst student. So that's, that's thing number one. But thing number two, I literally got comfortable. Like I was comfortable this year. I was so comfortable like doing things the way I've previously done them that there were seasons that would come, come for me where it's just like, uh, I, I'm not really pressed because I already have this here, right? I already, you know, had the month, the cash months that I wanted or whatever. So I wasn't really thinking forward, right? But the truth is that if you don't continue to, you know, do things to create visibility, if you don't continue to generate leads, then eventually you reach a point where you, you dry up, right? And so something else that I learned this year is that there is no, like, and I've talked about this in another episode, but there's like no award for doing everything organically. Um, I didn't do a ton of like paid um, advertising things or whatever this year, but I feel like, you know, we <laughs> like the online space is just like, so like, oh, I teach you how to do this organically, you know, blah, blah. And it's just like, okay, I get the appeal of doing things organically because it does like, you know, if you do ads and stuff like that, it costs money, obviously. I 100% get that. But also I feel like people don't recognize that paying is the shortcut, right? Like paying is the cheat code, um, especially when you do it strategically, right? When you are strategically doing ads or you're strategically partnering with other people and, you know, investing in their, you know, um, networks and stuff like that, email lists and stuff. Like when you do those kind of things, it's, it's the cheat code. Like it gets you to where you want to go faster. Um, and so I, f- I feel like this year, I just really, going back to the whole staying in my lane thing, like I really just was able to, just shift my perspective and remember how things happen in the real world. Like in the real world, people invest in their visibility, whether it's with their time or with money. And so that was a huge lesson for me this year because I definitely found myself in positions where I was feeling comfortable. And because of that, I was kind of lax on my visibility. I was kind of lax on, you know, generating leads and stuff like that. And it would show you know, three months later in my income, right? In the revenue. So that was a big lesson for this year. And I feel like it's been a lesson that a lot of people have learned this year is that, you know, it's important to keep that visibility. And when I say visibility, I don't mean like you have to go get new followers or or necessarily get in front of completely new people. Visibility can also happen within your own community, right? Like, are you remaining visible to your existing audience, right? And that, you know, that could be making sure that you send out weekly emails. That could be making sure that you post in your stories every once in a while, right? Like just doing things to stay visible and top of mind to your existing community, but also getting in front of other people so that you can generate, you know, those leads that you need is so important. I feel like that's like a really big lesson that I learned this year um, because I was able to really see it unfold for myself, but also it's something that I saw in other people's businesses. And I was like, hmm, that's the key. Like, that's the thing that, that this is the biggest problem that a lot of us are having. So that was lesson learned. And then lastly, just like a, a, a little bit of a recap and like maybe like my plans for 2024. So this year, I honestly feel really, really good. But the truth is that we made less this year than we did last year. Um, and there were a couple of things that happened, right? We shifted the business model. So the business model shifted from being one-to-many um, to more one-on-one. And while in in theory, one-on-one, you, you can charge more, whatever, there is a cap, right? There's a capacity, right? There, there's this threshold that you reach where it's like, I can't take on another one-on-one client. Like I don't have the time to actually do that. So that was thing number one. Um, and it's one of the reasons why, um, it's part of the reason why I brought back 
well, sorry, that I decided to launch the Shmoney membership, right? I wanted to have something that was still a group model that I could serve more people um, without having to trade more hours of my time. So yeah, that, that was one thing. And we did make less than we did last year. But I mean, it wasn't, well, it was, I will say, to me, it feels significantly less. To other people, it probably isn't. Um, I think we have like a, I think it was like 30%. We, we made 30% less than we did last year. So it wasn't like super, t- like someone else would be like, girl, this is fine. But like, you know, it's still a decrease, right? And it's still like me being honest. Um, but the business model did shift this year. There were a lot of other things that shifted this year as well, behind the scenes in terms of like team. Like, so a lot of this year, the we that I'm speaking of is just me (laughs) and then there were other times this year that the we that I was speaking of was me and just one other person like a VA or um, like a content person or whatever so it would depend on the time uh, of year that I was talking about things but um and actually I a lot of times when I say we it's because it's like me and a team member and then other times I just say myself um because it's just me and I feel like that also made it to where you know because there was less people to do things in this business, um, we were, we obviously made less. So this year we definitely made less than last year, but I do feel like overall um, we did really good, right? Like we did really really good, and I'm proud. I'm I'm proud. Like I, I I don't really like the word proud, but I'm proud of the work that was done here. I'm proud of everybody that came in and supported the business and I'm just really grateful for my clients for like staying the course and sticking with it even when it was hard right because there were challenging seasons in the business especially this year um just dealing with like of course me making all those changes randomly like and people had to get on board with that um and there was nobody that left because of any of the changes but there was definitely like some growing pains because it's like okay I thought this was how it was going to be now it's this and whatever you know I tried to make sure I did things to like grandfather people in and all that kind of stuff but child sometimes it was just a lot it was a lot to kind of figure out the logistics. People were getting locked out of the portals. I had like changed platforms. I'm probably going to change platforms again next year. It was it was a lot. Again, like I said, I changed my mind a lot, but that was also a win. Like it was a it was something that worked this year, even if it was sometimes a logistical nightmare. It it worked. Um, but I also think that like that also contributed to making less income this year. And uh, I mean. In the grand scheme of things, it was a great year, right? It was a, it was a it was a really great year, but it was also a very like transitional year where I was trying to get my footings and bearings about what does the future of this business look like. And the future of this business, I really am seeing um, just a lot more. I can, I guess the biggest the best way I can explain this is I really want to lean more on the community aspect of things and I really I I've been going back and forth between like you know and this is like the, I don't even know if I'm gonna keep this part in here but I've been going back and forth between this whole concept of like having a million dollar business and like you know is it not I'm not gonna say is it worth it but like you know is this something that we should all be striving to and I've come to the conclusion in this season that like it's really not that deep <laughs> And I know, I know that that like sounds kind of crazy because it's like as business owners, like we see everybody talking about like, you know, oh, I'm I'm making, you know, 100K a month and blah, blah. And we hear like all this talk about scaling and stuff. And first off, a lot of people don't even really understand what scaling is. But second off, like I, I see all this and I'm just like, but is that what I really want? You know, and I keep coming back to this idea that like, okay, I am creating a lifestyle business. You know, is that 
like what actually supports the lifestyle that I want. Um, and so because of that, there are going to be some shifts. There are going to be some changes because I really am shifting things to, like I said, support the lifestyle that I truly want. And so I know this sounds selfish, but it's honest, right? It's, it's honest because the truth is that if the business doesn't support my actual lifestyle, then I, I don't need to be doing it. Because first and foremost, I need to steward my family well. And with the boys, you know, only getting older and now we're trying to figure out, you know, the whole school situation and my homeschooling, like all those different logistics, there's just so much going on over there. It's like, I have to make sure that the time that I'm spending in the business is best served, right? Like it's best served so that not only can I serve you well, but I can also serve my family well. And so I'm not talking about this from a revenue standpoint, because from a revenue standpoint, I can keep on doing what I'm doing. Like, baby, this is great. <laughs> but, you know, from a money standpoint, this is this is wonderful. But, um, you know, from a growth standpoint or from a from a, you know, what's the long term picture standpoint, you know, I really, you know, in my mind, I was like, you know, okay, like go run for a million dollar a year. Like, why not? You know, it wouldn't happen next year for sure. It would probably be like a 2025 thing, but it's like, you know, I could definitely put the infrastructure in place to have a million dollar business. But the more I think about it, the more I'm like, okay, you know, 2025, both the boys will be in school. And while yes, we could do that. It's also like, why? Like, is that the stress that I want in my life right now? Is that what I want for my business? And, you know, is that something that I need to do the work that I need to do, not only for my family, but for my community or and for my church? And I just don't feel like right now that's the season that I'm in. So it doesn't mean that I'll never have a million dollar goal or a million dollar business, but I feel like it's something important to talk about, uh, you know, when you're talking about like, what are your goals and what are your objectives for the new year? Like, what do you actually need? Like, do you actually need six figures? Do you actually need multiple six figures? Do you actually need a million dollars? Or, you know, is a smooth 75K great? Like, I've talked about so often how, like, I made $75, um, I, I, I mean, $75,000, if I can talk, sorry, it's late. Um, but I talked about how I made $75,000, like, a couple of years ago in my business and how, like, I literally just, like, disregarded that as a milestone in my business because it wasn't six figures. And it's just like, I never made $75,000 in a job, right? But I made that in a business, you know what I'm saying? Like in my own business, I made that, you know? And so in hindsight, I should have really celebrated that. And I didn't because I was just like, oh, it's not six figures, but it's like $75,000, especially at that time. And even today, if I made $75,000, like that would be wonderful, right? Like, that would be so great. Like that, that's really great money, you know? And I feel like sometimes we like set these goals and it's it's just an arbitrary number when it's like, does it like, what do you need to actually support the lifestyle you want? You know, what what is, what is what's actually required there financially? And then are you building a business that actually feels good to you in terms of who you're serving and how you're serving them and the time that you're spending, like, does that actually work for you? And if it does, you know, then that's a win, right? And so that's why I say like this year was a huge win because even though the revenue went down, like the women that I served this year, it was just life-changing. I mean, when I say that I cried so much this year over my clients in a good way, I cried so much. I cried so much celebrating people making $30,000, but I also cried over people that made their first $5,000 or they launched an offer and they made $6,000. Like I cried so much over my clients. I cried so much over people saying like, you've changed my life. I cried over people that said things to me like, you know, oh my gosh, this year, you know, or sorry, there, there was one in particular. I remember she had said, she was like, I took the weekend off. Like this is the first time that I 
like had the weekend off and I literally cried like I cried about that and listen if you know me in real life you know that I am not a crier but this year baby the tears were just flowing and they were flowing with ease because I was so grateful for every single person no matter what their win was what their experience was somebody had messaged me and was like girl I wrote my emails in one week no she said she said I wrote my emails in two hours and it usually takes me one week I cried like it's so dramatic this year how much I cried but it was because for the first time in my business and I love my business I've loved everybody that I've served but for the first time in my business I truly felt like the women that I served I was called to serve them like I, and it's not saying that I didn't feel called to serve the other women that I've served but this year I just felt a different level of anointing a different level of connection and a different level of gratitude for the women that I served this year and I can only like it like truly every connection every client it was God ordained this year and so like I feel like that's what's really had me thinking like okay what are we doing in 2024 and it's really caused me to kind of shift my perspective around like okay you know do you have to have 500,000 next year like is that necessary or can we just stay where we're at right like are we happy right here and it's okay to be happy where you are right here if it's supporting the lifestyle that you want if it's supporting your family and if you are able to really serve and support clients that really um that really value you and that you can value them, right? Anyway, I don't want to get on here and start crying because the more I think about my clients, the more I'm just like, thank you, God. Like, which I'm always thank you, God, but it's just like, man, this year was really great. Like, it was really great. And I am grateful for how this went. And I'm excited about the changes for next year. Next year, I'm going to be really more, um, not really more, but I'm going to be a lot more intentional about my time because there were a lot of things that I kind of dropped the ball on in terms of my timing and schedule and stuff like that. But, you know, mom life, it is what it is. Um, so there were, there were those kind of like, you know, growing pains or whatever. So next year, I'm definitely like working on um, some infrastructure things, some operations things, um, that's going to be a big deal for me next year. And I feel like it's going to be a big deal for a lot of my clients. Like a lot of my clients that I'm going to be working with inside Moms Do Business Different, we're really going to be working on like the infrastructure of what it looks like to be building a multiple six-figure business or even a six-figure business, right? Like even if you're making 100K, 150K, like there are certain things that you need in terms of like your schedule and like delivery and your fulfillment, like all those processes. Um, a lot of times we don't think about that on the front end because we're thinking about like, okay, the marketing and the sales, but like on the back end what is the user experience so a lot of that is going to be kind of um revamped for next year just to make things a little bit stronger and to just inc increase the client experience because when you increase the client experience it makes it to where people can get results faster which is what i want i want people to be able to come in and with a couple of months or sorry within a couple of months they get a result usually that's how it is anyway but i want the process to be a little bit more seamless and also not require so much of me on the front end so those are going to be some of the bigger changes for next year. We're going to like really like for real, for real, have a rebrand, not something that Kate put together, but something that an actual professional does. So that's exciting. And I'm losing my voice, boo. So I'm gonna cut this right here. But 2023 was good to me. I hope it was good to you. Um, and if you are one of my clients from this year, I just want to say thank you. I want to say thank you for making this year so great. And if you are one of my unofficial clients, right, you're one of my besties, my, my shmoney gang members that you listen to me on the podcast or you listen to me, you know, uh, you read my emails, you, you consume my social media content. 
thank you, right? Thank you for your time because that matters, right? That your time is the investment and I don't take that for granted. So I appreciate you all so very much and I hope that you have a great or that you had a great 2023. And I know that God has so much in store for us in 2024. So I just want to encourage you to not give up, to stay the course and know that what God has for you is not going to pass you by. All right. In Jesus name. (laughs) All right. That's it for this one. And until next time, I'll talk to you later, darling. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I know you loved it. So go ahead and leave a five-star review. Make sure to share this episode and tag me at Moms Do Business Different and at Mrs. K. Hillman so Ayantha knows it's real. May you walk in your purpose and calling every single day to steward the life and business that God has called you to. Until next time, let's get this money.